During a school board meeting, Heather Rooks quoted a Bible verse during her public remarks. I wanted to start with something um, with my board comment. Um, Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God and I will strengthen you and help you and I will uphold you with my righteousness. Soon after, a cease and desist letter was sent asking the school to make Heather stop quoting anything in the Bible. Hi, I'm Peyton Luke, and you're watching First Liberty Live. Heather Rooks joins us today, and we are so honored to have the opportunity to speak with her. So Heather, thanks for joining us on First Liberty Live. Yes, thank you, Peyton, for having me on here. Yes, of course. So Heather, um, you knew being on the Peoria School Board, it was going to be a challenging job, but I'm sure you never expected to receive this type of backlash for quoting a Bible verse. So I want you to just take us back to the beginning and tell us like what your heart was and why you chose to quote a Bible verse. Yeah, so my first board meeting was in January of this year. And reading my first verse is Joshua 1.9. And it just really spoke to me in remaining to keep my eyes on him and to keep my strength with him and just to give me that peace and comfort during these board meetings. And so that's kind of where my heart was at the beginning of my journey on the Peoria Unified School Board. And I'm curious as well, what made you want to get on the school board and serve in that capacity? I had grown up in this district um, my whole life. I've been here, I graduated Sunrise Mountain High School and I had a great education experience. And as a mom in this district, I was very concerned of some of the things that were going on and I wanted to get involved and help the education in this district and all of the children and their parents and just really putting myself out there so that I could help serve them. And so that's what got me involved in running for Pure Unified School Board. I've never done it before. And it was just a big leap of faith and to entrust that he's got me through this process. Well, that's amazing. I, I love hearing that side of the story and why you were passionate about getting involved even before all of this started happening. So how did it make you feel then when you heard that the school board had received a cease and desist letter? regarding you quoting Bible verses? You know, it, it really kind of surprised me. And I also then kind of felt sad uh, just because I wasn't expecting that. I have always loved living here in America. It's my home. And knowing that there is this great experience of, you know, freedom of speech and freedom of religion and hearing that just really like it shook to my core. I, I was completely surprised. I was sad because I really wanted to have those verses said out loud with me so that I could have that strength to continue serving the parents and their children and their education. And with you having that being your purpose and your intent behind it, how, what's your response then when you hear people say that you're only doing this either one for attention or for your political future? You know, it's, I just go back to, I'm, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. I'm a stay at home mom with my four beautiful children and my husband. 
reading that verse out loud and hearing it gives me the strength during these board meetings, making these big decisions, because I know it's extremely important to parents and their children's future. I'm just a mom. I am a mom. I'm a wife. There is no other reason than just for hearing God's word to give me strength, to give me peace, to give me comfort during these board meetings and making these decisions. Now out of this process and being on this journey with First Liberty, what do you hope comes about out of this process? My hope is that during these school board meetings under my board member comments, that I can read these verses, these scriptures that give me that comfort, give me that strength and the peace so that I can continue in my role as a pure unified school board member. Well, Heather, I just want to say thank you so very much for your courage and standing up. You know, it is our honor to be in this with you and to defend you. Um, and is there anything else that you would like to add before we let you go? I just want to say thank you to First Liberty for everybody who's been so helpful and kind and really making sure that you know, I, I feel at peace with you all. And I, I just want to, you know, thank you all so much for everything that you do. Well, thank you for taking the time to join us today, Heather, and share your story. We so appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And now to discuss the legal perspective is one of Heather's attorneys, Hiram Sasser, who is Executive General Counsel at First Liberty Institute. So welcome, Hiram. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Now, Hiram, give us the legal perspective on this case. It has actually been said um, that Heather reciting Bible verses violated the Establishment Clause, and someone told her this in the middle of one of their school board meetings. Look, I'm, I'm a man of faith as well, uh, and you know, also a man of ethics and integrity, and um, we were also told that uh, reciting Scripture at a board meeting on this side of the dais, um, you know, goes against the establishment clause as well. So I just, I'm just, we were directed by legal on this. So it is important that I bring it up. So I just needed to make that comment. Well, that's just an unfortunate situation of the person not keeping up with the Supreme Court cases that have been coming along recently, including our Coach Kennedy case from 2022 in which the Supreme Court said that allowing a government employee to be able to engage in their own religious speech is not part of the government doing that and therefore they they have a, a right to be able to uh, to engage in that speech and, and it doesn't violate anything other than it's protected by the free exercise clause. Sure, so I know a lot of people get confused about this when it comes to public schools. So I just want you to speak to what are the rights that a school board member has and what they can and can't say? Well, sure, the, they have a right to, uh, during this particular moment, which is what's involved, it's not just all of their official duties, but in this particular part of her duties as a legislator, uh, she has a three-minute block to be able to say whatever she wants to say. So she's able to articulate her personal views about whatever is going on uh, at the time. She is choosing to use a very small portion of that time to have a Bible verse, to say a Bible verse. 
Uh, she could say lots of other things she's free to say, but what's interesting is the school district has taken the position that she could say kind of whatever she wants as long as it's not a Bible verse, as long as it's not religious. And that, of course, is a significant legal problem for the school district. Mm -hmm. So what is the current status of Heather's case? What has First Liberty done for her, and then what are the, our next steps? Well, right now we've sued uh, the school district, and we're going, you know, we've, we've served them with the, the papers, and then they have a time period in which to respond. We'll wait to see what their response is. Uh, you know, one of the arguments that's actually leading up to this is that she's a legislator, and that three-minute block is actually part of her official legislative duties as spelled out by the board policy. So she actually is immune. She has legislative immunity for that for her speech during that time. So they're concerned about uh, anybody being upset about whatever she has to say is unfounded simply because she has immunity. She has absolute immunity for whatever she says. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there might be some school board members of other districts that are watching this or family members. What encouragement would you give to them if they know someone that serves on a public school board and what they can and can't do? What encouragement would you give? Well, first, you don't lose your constitutional rights by becoming an elected official. Okay. Otherwise, you know, the censor police would have shown up to say, I'm sorry, Frank Franklin Delano Roosevelt, you're not allowed to, to pray or you're not allowed to reference the Bible. I'm sorry, Abraham Lincoln. All right. But you're going to have to get rid of all of your, you know, your references to the Bible and your speeches or Ronald Reagan or John F. Kennedy or Harry Truman. I mean, just everybody. Uh, so you don't lose your First Amendment rights when you go into public service. Uh, and then secondly, is that when you're a legislator, uh, as a, like a school board member, you have a particular immunity that allows you to be able to say what you think you should say while you're ha you have your particular time period set aside under the laws or, or policies of wherever you serve. You have that time. That's your time to be able to speak. And you have immunity for what you're saying under le the legislative immunity doctrine precisely so that you'll speak your mind and not try to hold back and not feel like you have to hold back and not self-censor. So this whole thing of trying to censor Heather uh, during that time and simply because it's religious is completely legally flawed for them. And hopefully they'll come to their senses and, and uh, change their mind. And I love that you brought up the presidents because I want to give you a second to speak to history and tradition also in our country, especially after the Coach Kennedy case and how that pertains to even this situation. Well, sure. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's really, there's two tests uh, on the Establishment Clause that are left after the Coach Kennedy case. The first one is, are you coercing, in, in other words, making other people participate in some sort of religious activity? Well, she's just reading a Bible verse. You know, it's, it's gone in 10 seconds. And so she's, no one else has to join. It's not, it's not even a prayer time. It's just simply reading a Bible verse. Of course, the Supreme Court said opening up the legislative session in prayer, that's perfectly fine. So this is like three notches below that, uh, just reading a Bible verse. Uh, you know, and then the, the second one is the history and tradition test. And this is where we sort of ask, would our founding fathers think that this is a violation of the Establishment Clause when they wrote it? Well, I mean, 
they prayed and then they went in the beginning they would pray and then they would go about their legislative activities so so right before they pass the bill of rights in the house of representatives guess what they prayed so if you were to come along and say well would you instead of prayer would you've allowed someone to read a bible verse well of course and so it, you kind of see how silly it is for uh, the school district to think that this violates the Establishment Clause at this point in time, given where the Supreme Court has taken the analysis. So thank you for that great answer and stating so clearly history and tradition, because I feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding in that area. So Hira, before we let you go, is there anything else that you would like to add? No, just that, you know, it's folks like Heather Rooks who are standing up for their rights that really make the difference. I mean, there is no uh, Coach Kennedy case without Coach Kennedy saying, I'm, I'm going to stand up for my rights. So without Coach Kennedy saying that, there, you're going to have the old precedent, the old endorsement test, uh, which was a real problem for religious liberty for 50 years. So it's the folks like Heather, it's the folks like Coach Kennedy who stand up and say, you know, the Constitution is important enough to fight for. And I encourage everybody to do what little part they can to always defend and uphold the Constitution as our founders would have wanted us to do. And I actually just thought of another question that's not in my notes, but I want to ask you this because I think it's important. Um, I was watching a local media hit that was covering this particular story and someone they interviewed said, I'm a big believer in the separation of church and state. So what are your thoughts on the separation of church and state and how it relates to this case? Sure. So in the name of uh, separation of church and state, they always are asking courts to get involved in censoring religious speech. I've never really understood how that was separating anything, right? Like, you know, their, their whole thing about going around taking down memorials when we used to have to fight to defend, uh, like, veterans' memorials with religious imagery. How is getting the government to tear down and censor something that has religious imagery a separation? Mm -hmm. Seems like an invasion of, of the church by the state rather than a separation. And so what I would say is that, look, the test has changed. It's been made very clear now. If uh, folks don't like the way our founding fathers set up uh, our country with the Establishment Clause, then they're always free to try to amend the Constitution. Well, thank you so much, Hiram, for your time and for your insight on this case. We appreciate you and all the attorneys working on it. Sure. Thank you. If Heather's story and any others that we cover on First Liberty Live resonate with you, please share with your family and friends. You sharing and liking our videos go such a long way in helping defend religious liberty and get the word out about our cases. First Liberty, fighting for what matters most.